The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Grab your sunblock because it's a show so golden it may leave you burned. Today on Soap Central Live. What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I am your host, Dan Kroll. We have reached the end of February, so that means two months down, 10 to go until we're celebrating 2015. Okay, so maybe we should do one thing at a time here. Now, I always like to bring you up to date on some of the things that are going on, especially at the top of the show here. Now, I've caught wind of some chicanery that is afoot. You may remember that last year, there was this epic surprise during March. It was all pulled off behind the scenes. It was all out of my reach and something that I knew nothing about. It was all to celebrate the 18th anniversary of SoapCentral.com. Well, it looks like my executive producer, John, is back at it again for the 19th anniversary. So I haven't figured it all out yet, but I will. And when I do, I'll be sure to give you all of the details. All I know is that there's something coming up probably for the March 21st episode of Soap Central Live. Now, if you're ready to hear me grumble and gripe about how I don't like surprises, get ready to wag your fingers in disdain because next week it's another annual tradition here on the show. It's General Hospital star Jackie Zeman's fifth annual on-air bash, and I've got some really amazing surprises lined up for her. I suspect that she has no idea what's going on, unless, of course, she's listening this week to do some recons so she knows what to expect next week, and if that's the case, we'll just ixnay on the, I don't know, Pig Latin or the Banana Fana game or anything like that, so I'll just make it simple and say there'll be no more dropping hints. All I can say is that for you guys who are listening, you definitely want to tune in next week because I'm attempting something that has never been done before, and it's going to be something that people are talking about for a long time. So stay tuned for that. Now that we're all caught up, I guess we should start moving on with today's show. This is show number 219. We've been doing one show every Friday since January 2010. And this week we have some really amazing talents from the world of daytime, but they're also amazing people in their everyday lives. Up first, we'll be talking to Ricky Paul Golden, who has appeared on a handful of soaps. He has a new series rolling out this week. Then two-time Emmy winner Martha Byrne will be here to talk about her new primetime series. And then later in the show, we'll be learning more about the new web series, Beverly Pills, yes, Beverly Pills, from Ginger Parker. Now, as is always the case at the top of the show, if you'd like to be part of today's show, if you want to call in and talk to any of our guests this week, I strongly encourage you to do so. You can give us a call on our toll-free caller line. The number is 866-472-5788. Again, the number is 866-472-5788. 
If, though, for some reason you can't get to the phone or maybe your phone's shy and need to take a happy pill to summon up the nerve to be on air, you can also join us on Twitter at Soap Central or at Soap Central Live. There's also an on-air thread that I've been doing on our official Facebook page. It's at Facebook.com slash Soap Central. I'll be poking around, reading your messages, and I may even read some of your comments or questions here on the air. So again, if you're not able to call in, you can certainly still take part in the show. So that's the usual lead up. That's what happens. That's what we talk about before we get to our guests. So I'm going to roll right into the part of the show that you want to hear, the, the folks that you'd like to hear from instead of an opening monologue. So my first guest isn't just good, he's golden. And so fans know him for his roles on All My Children, Another World, The Bold and the Beautiful, Guiding Light, and The Young and the Restless. And coming up in just a few days, you can catch him on the new web series, Beacon Hill, that also stars a galaxy of other soap stars. There are lots of faces that you're going to recognize and remember. Now, this guest made a surprise appearance here on Soap Central Live a few weeks back. I am really pleased that he took up the offer to come back and be on a show all of his own. So let's welcome in Ricky Paul Golden. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Man, I like your show. I, uh, I, uh, I'm honored to be here, so thank you. Well, thank you for being here. Now, one of the things that I noticed, in addition to being here, it seems, Ricky, that you're always up to something. Not in a bad way. I mean, it's a good thing. You're always up to one project or another, and you have a lot of different interests. So uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about today. So if you're ready, we even have some, some questions from fans. If you're ready, we'll just jump right in here. Of course. All right. So the last time that we had to uh, an opportunity to hang out face to face was uh, back for the spontaneous construction premiere up in New York. Um, something that I've noticed is that you know there are a lot of different interests that you have. Whether it's that, whether it was uh, was it seeing versus believing, which was a totally different topic. And we have soaps. There are a lot of different ideas and passions that seem to be going on in your mind. Is that something that you're aware of yourself that you have a lot of, of varied interests? Yeah, you know, I uh, I've always been like that, and I and I maintain that we are not just one thing, you know. And I don't know the way that you would call an actor. Maybe you know, there's all kinds of of uh, handles that you can call people. You know, if they sing, if they dance, and they act, they're a triple threat. But you know, if you have an entrepreneurial spirit, if you happen to be in this business that I'm in, which is sort of a legacy family business, show business. My father, having been a hypnotist, actually a world-renowned hypnotist named Paul Golden. That's why they named me Ricky Paul Golden. That's why he did it. He had a, he had a very big ego. But he, he uh, and, his, and his brother, my uncle, Jack Gold, produced huge movies like The Guns of Navarone and The Medusa Touch and The Merchant of Venice. So I just feel like this has always been our family business. And in that business... You know, yes, I've been in front of the camera, and I probably will be, if I'm lucky, till I'm an old man. Um, because if you do what you love and you get to do it all of your life, I think that it's a pretty full life. But at the same time, if I can create projects, this is, it isn't, you know, it's, you can't do this. You, you can't have this, this medium and this business without actors, but it's also a producer medium. You know, and by that I mean if you can put together the pieces and you find the project and the script and the writers and the actors, and if you can make something sing that you're proud of, well, then that's pretty exciting too, you know? 
Absolutely. I still, too, with the, the big ego. I was named after my father as well. I'm not a junior either, but I can definitely relate to the ego. I can also uh, sort of appreciate the fact of liking a lot of things. I mean, for something that's for me that started off as a website, you know, then you, you dabble in advertising, you dabble in graphics, and you dabble in a whole bunch of other stuff. I don't necessarily know that I do anything one better than the other. But yeah. I'm wondering for you, is it ever a challenge to have so many interests that, you know, does it ever divert your attention? Do you ever get, uh, you know, start with one thing, come up with another idea, and then run over to another idea and, and yeah, battle prob- that? You know, that's a very good, uh, uh, probably. I'm, uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not like a guy that's all over the place, but I am. I do have, I just love to see, um, I don't think that I, there's any limit to it. I, I, you know, maybe naively so, but I don't think there's any limit to anything. I've always been like that, you know, that I, I, I thought I could do anything. And my mom um, my mom always told me I could do anything. And so I, I, I kind of grew up thinking I could do anything. So, um, and when it came to stuff like designing or, or building, uh, you know, it's just that she had some interest in that and she had clients and then I'd get summer jobs and I'd swing a hammer and learn some stuff and you wouldn't really expect that from me, but you know, I do. And, I, I've loved it, and then you know I went to Fordham University. I would build sets, which um, I didn't. I wanted to be on the stage and not build the stages. Uh, actually, I was doing on Golden Pond on Broadway when I was not um, showing up enough to build the sets at you know at Fordham for my theater class. But I think I had a pretty decent excuse. But still, my teacher wasn't having it, and I wasn't doing. <laughs> I got. I was actually almost failing theater because I was busy starring on a, in a pretty good play, uh, you know, on a pretty good theater on the, you know, on Broadway. But I, I when you know, just getting, sorry, I don't mean to drift off from the point, but I, I've always loved doing more than one thing. I've got that kind of brain that I just, I need to be doing a bunch of stuff, you know? And when I was a kid, the same thing, uh, my mom had me playing the piano and I'd be playing the drums and I'd be taking singing lessons and she was Catholic and my father was Jewish. So I was going to Hebrew school and I was going to parochial school. And, you know, so I think you try to fill up your soul as much as you can. You know, I noticed that when we get older, of course you have to focus on certain projects. And, you know, now we, uh, with producing stuff and that we can be dealing with six or seven different projects that are all in different stages and you've gone, I don't know if you've ever gone to a movie premiere or you've seen it on TV or whatever or anybody at home that's listening, but, you know, you go to a movie and producers and the director will come up to the front of the theater before the movie starts and, and say it took them 11 years to get here, you know, or it took them nine years to make this project. And so, you know, you can't wait around. You definitely can't feed any mouths at home with just one thing. And I have been so lucky to cross over all three major networks on, on daytime. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to me, it was always very fulfilling. And the whole landscape has, has changed, obviously. But I, you know, when I was doing that, it was so all-encompassing, learning that much dialogue every day. So there wasn't, off, there wasn't a lot of room for other things, you know. And it's liberating and, you know, and very sort of freeing, um, you know, at this stage of my, of the game, you know, for me to be able mm-hmm. to create other stuff and do stuff. And look, I, I it's so funny cause I walked out of my house today and I said to somebody that I love, you know, if a, 
if a big role comes along that I'm really in love with, you know, I would have to hire some people to tend to some of the things that, that I've been, some of the things I've been planting in my field, you know, the crop, <laughs> you know, but if some role came along that I've been dying to, you know, that would really make me stretch as a human being, then I would have to consider that as well, you know. Well, how do you feel about that where you may have to ask other people to tend to these seeds that you're planting? Are you someone who, uh, would that be a reluctance on your part or would you have no problem sort of giving up that creative aspect, that control no, aspect? I think that if you, if you, uh, if you're attempting to do the kind of stuff that I'm doing, or if you think, you know, to me, it's really, it's definitely a challenge to sort of always think outside the box and look out of the airplane window at 30,000, the 30,000 foot view to look down and realize you're all, you know, it's just a small piece of a much bigger picture. Then you should learn how, you know, I tell myself this, you've got to learn to delegate, you've got to learn to communicate. And one of the things I try to pride myself on, and I'm learning every day, and I, I can always get, be better at it is, is to, um, is to be a good communicator. And, you know, I've had to do that through my work. I've had to learn all that, even if I seem like I've got attention deficit or something, which I probably do. Um, but I, you know, you, uh, when you're trying to communicate, you're, you're trying to tell a story, how much story we've been, we've told in daytime and day after day, sometimes five or six or seven episodes a week you know, an hour a day. So that was very good. That was always a very good sort of base for me. No, I think it is, um, I think it is uh, amazing to be able to delegate and communicate. And it's almost like you're a translator. If you can get uh, a team together and have your vision and sort of communicate that to everybody around the boardroom table and make things happen, those are when great things happen all at once, whether it's a television show or whether it's a, broad, you know, a play or whether it's whatever it is, you know, a, you know, a company, a business, textiles, whatever your vision is, Facebook, whatever it is, you know, it's, um, it's so rewarding. So I'm always chasing that and looking at, the, at that, uh, you know, at all those different avenues. And talking about that vision and being able to communicate, you did mention the passion that you have for design. A question, sort of silly question, but if somebody invites you over for dinner, do they have to secretly worry that perhaps you're, you're wondering which walls they could take out and, you know, which plants need to be moved? I'm a weirdo like that. I, I do get up and I will be, and, and a lot of my friends, I mean, my friends, I've helped a lot of my friends and I've got some very cool friends too that, teach me stuff every day about this, you know, uh, but I'll sure I go to somebody's house for dinner. Mostly they ask me, I'll get up in the middle of dinner, start looking at the wallpaper that they're thinking about using in the bathroom. And then I'll go in the bathroom and realize the door would be much better over there, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, so, or that this whole, you know, you, you could create something if you move these walls around. It is a weird little thing that I, that I have in my mind. I can sort of do these, these, um, like, like, I can move walls around if I step into your house or into okay. apartments and I can just sort of picture it. I actually stand there and I can, I close my eyes. I can move your furniture around. I can move the couch over to there. Cause you know, sometimes in a, even in a bedroom, like you think, should I put the bedroom the headboard on this wall or that wall? But then I do like tricks too. If you've got a place on the water and then you put mirror in the right place and the right kind of mirror that you're not looking like, you know, I'm not talking about turning it into like Bob Guccione's bedroom, but if you place things the right way, 
and uh, and if it, you know you can make the space look tremendous. Uh, people think if you paint the ceiling dark, it's going to close in on you. I disagree, you know. And I've done lots of fun stuff, and I, I make mistakes as well. But more more uh, you know more often than not, it turns out to be something really cool, and um, and I really got to grow actually. I how lucky am I that HGTV allowed mm-hmm. me? So far, I've done 14 episodes of spontaneous construction, and I really got to be hands-on. It was, I mean, they're such a wonderful company uh, to work for. I had such a blast, and we're still waiting to see if it comes back for a second season. Um, they still haven't aired all the shows they're looking for. I just actually spoke to them the other day, and they're still looking for the perfect time slot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a big show, and it made a lot of noise, and um, I'd love to be able to go back and do it, but whether I did it on television or not, I'm busy doing it for my friends and loved ones and all that kind of stuff, you know. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, you know, especially the flash mob side of it. It was something that really hadn't been done, but you mentioned, you know, being able to close your eyes and move furniture around and uh, I mean, it's it's a really good trick uh, in theory, and of course, the sign of a good actor is also being able to transform for whatever role may be able to come along. So, I want to talk a little bit about Beacon Hill. Now, this is the description on the official website of your character named Andrew Miller. Right. Uh, his ambition and underhanded actions may harm Catherine's upcoming campaign and ruin any chance she may have to reconnect with Sarah. It sounds, Ricky, like you might not be a nice guy. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I've actually had a great, uh, a great time, a great run at being sort of the anti, by being a hero or a fatally flawed hero, um, that kind of thing. Uh, and I would, I very much wanted to make, I would like very much to have, you know, done a role here on Beacon Hill and or outside of Beacon Hill and other things to, that's a lot uglier of a person inside and um, that is believing that their actions are okay because I do believe we have all kinds of, obviously we have all kinds of people in the world and I don't believe that people that are inherently um, badly behaved that actually believe that they're badly behaved or have, you know, the very, very uh, selfish or, you know, motive, motives are necessarily think they're in the wrong. I think they think they're very much in the right. And, that's, and if you could create a character like that and have people actually not know whether to root for you or not or, or love you or love to hate you, I mean, I find all that very interesting, like peeling back layers of an onion in a, of a character and we haven't even gotten a chance to fly uh, yet from what we've shot uh, Beacon, I've tried to make some, some weird choices and, and that I thought were uh, interesting to me in this series that's coming up and um, I know a little bit more of the future of the series than other people do because I'm lucky enough to be part of it mm-hmm. and it's definitely an experiment for me I didn't give a crap about how I looked um, I didn't give a crap about my hair. Um, um, I didn't, <laughs> I know that sounds weird. <laughs> they were always so primped, you know, in daytime and, and uh, yeah, always so much makeup. I, I didn't care about any of that. I mean, I'd also had come at a weird time. I, I had um, a loss in my family and I was, while we were shooting, I had the flu. But I thought, who cares? 
I love that too. I mean, not about the loss of my family. I meant about being sick. Um, but I, I, um, it's definitely, you know, for me, you need in a cast, you always need that, uh, you need that one. I'm not just talking about like some generic bad boy rubbish. I'm talking about maybe his behavior is lascivious and maybe he's not going to be coming from a, a good place or caring about others as much as he cares about himself. And I thought that would be interesting, you know? It is. And for folks out there who are wanting to know more about Beacon Hill, you can go to BeaconHillTheSeries.com. It debuts March 5th, and it really is, Ricky, an all-star cast. I mean, we have some of the folks that you've worked with before, Alicia Minshew, Crystal Chappelle, Ron Raines, or some folks who, uh, of course, Tina Sloan, and some other folks who you haven't as, as gotten a chance to work with before. Tell us about the cast. Tell us what makes this series so special. Well, you step onto the set and you're instantly with family, you know. And uh, Ron Raines played my dad for so many years on Guiding Light. I actually call him dad. When I see him, I call him dad. We don't, we know right where we left off. I went and saw him uh, in Annie on Broadway and something else he did on Broadway. And I bring my son to come and see him. And we go for coffee and meet for breakfast. If I'm late for breakfast in a New York City cafe, he gets pissed off at me like a dad would. And he'll start his breakfast without me. I mean, we really have it like that. That's how deep our relationship is. You know, he can call me up and just start talking in the middle of a conversation. We don't have to have beginnings or ends, you know. And it's like we love each other. I love that man very, very much. Um, And the same thing with Lish, uh, uh, you know, Alicia. And, I, you know, I've always admired um, Sarah Brown and um, John Paul to me as a, He's such a, I mean, such a good looking dude, but he's such a great, he really, that kid should be, a, you know, he'll have a long career, um, daytime, nighttime, prime time, whatever. I just think he'll be around for long. I just loved everybody. Crystal Chappelle, I've loved what she's turned into. I've known her before she was uh, married and when she was just a little, a little thing running around, you know, <laughs> New York and Hollywood. And she's always worked. She's so diligent. She's turned into a leader, and um, and I I just I liked being around her. The whole team was cool, and the, and w- with our world, you know, when you think about it, what was there's only something like, and I hate the word, I don't know what to make of it, a soap star. That's a funny name, a funny title. But if if there are a bunch of people that are for, for you know starting soaps, there's only been like three hundred when you think about it. I mean, not in the whole the whole universe just at any one time when, when shows are at their highest heights and, and all on the air, you know, you have like 300 daytime television stars. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that's got whittled down to whatever it is today. And so we all know each other. It's, it's like, we've all gone to the Emmys. We've all done functions. We've all done fundraisers. We've all done appearances. We've all flown to the middle of nowhere to meet, you know, people that love whatever show we're on. And so there's this camaraderie and there's this ab- ability to work really quickly. And then having Crystal uh, Chappelle sort of lead this, uh, lead, lead this, um, this parade was, it was just a blast, man. I felt really comfortable from the middle and I would do anything like I would, it's just, you know, you know, these people imagine if you jumped on a show, you don't know anybody or you went to a new job and you don't know anybody there or if you get a new job in an office and you know everybody. So right away, they're like, pick up that, you know, 
and, and take these notes and do this and do that. You'd like game. You just feel really comfortable. And that was the magic for me. Well, we are, unfortunately, we're almost out of time for this segment. So I want to give you one last opportunity because none of this obviously would be possible without the fans. So I want to give you uh, your last moment here to talk to the fans and tell them what their support has meant to you. Oh, man. I wouldn't even know where to begin. I, I have to tell you, anytime I've done, I have been all over this country and met so many people. It's almost like being in politics when you take a job or you're lucky enough to have a job like I have and have had all my life. And I've always felt very, very, very special and blessed. And I have met thousands and tens and tens and I mean, tens of thousands of fans that watch the shows or anything I've done. And I've, I've always been really, it really just makes me feel very humbled and thankful. And I've always believed that and the more that you have, uh, or the more opportunities that, that the world or, or, you know, gives you the universe, it doesn't just happen by the universe. It's by human beings about the human race. And I've gotten to meet so many people and, 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 you know, shake hands and hold people's children. And I mean, uh, give hugs and get, I mean, the love overall, it's been one of the, one of the greatest rides uh, anybody could ever ask for. And, and it's, it's very cliche to say, but without the fans, that, that have, they're the fuel. And I thank every single person I've ever, ever come across. I've, I've got nothing but um, the best experiences, you know, uh, and I've been really, really blessed. And without them, I've been like absolutely nothing. So, I, you know, my love for them, they, I don't ever, I think it was an extended friends and family uh, rather than the word fan. I've absolutely. Always been, I've always felt that way. And without them, we wouldn't have a show. And without wonderful guests like yourself, Ricky, we would not also have anything to talk about. So I want to thank you so much for dropping by and chatting with oh, me today. Oh, man, no, it's my pleasure, for, really. And I'd love, you know, we'll, we'll stay in touch. You know, uh, we're definitely coming back for a second season. On, uh, I can tell you that. I hope, uh, I don't know if you know that, but that's happening for sure. And uh, I'm right, you know, I'm right here anytime you want to. You want to get together and have a chat. Perfect. When everybody out there, remember Beacon Hill, the series starts March 5th. Go to BeaconHillTheSeries.com. And of course, you can follow Ricky on Twitter at Ricky Golden. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back on the other side with Martha Byrne. So stay tuned because Soap Central Live will be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than soapcentral.com. Every day, soapcentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. 
Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. We are continuing on with today's show. Just a reminder, if you want to call in and chat with us on air, the number is 866-472-5788. And my next guest is a two-time Emmy winner, best known for her roles as Lily and Rose on As the World Turns. She is also a part of a very small group of stars who can say that they've worked with me. (laughs) But she's upgraded now, and she is working with an all-star cast on the NBC drama series Crisis, which will debut March 16th. Martha Byrne, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Thanks for having me. It has been very honored. Way too long. And I thought as soon as I got a a crisis update here, I thought this would be a good excuse to catch up to talk about all sorts of things. So I'm glad that we had this this chance to get you here. So uh, on the theme of crisis, I read on Facebook you had a crisis of your own earlier in the week. Your alarm clock of 21 years yes. stopped working? I'm, I'm very, it's a very sad moment. It's like my husband and I were like, this alarm clock has been with us before we were married and it got us up and never failed us and it just died. It just died. It just said, that's it, I'm out, I'm out. So we, um, you know, we try to revive it. My husband tried to revive it. A little CPR didn't work. So it's, um, it's still in the kitchen. I'm, you know, I'm going to give it a day or two and just like give it another shot. But you know, old reliable. Listen, I had to be in Midwood, Brooklyn, at 7 a.m. for how many years? And I had to get mm-hmm. up at five o'clock every single morning and drive out there. So she was good to us, Dan. It's time for her to move on. <laughs> I'm just amazed that uh, anything electronic has lasted 21 years. That's a really long time. I know. I mean, it's 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 very impressive. Thank you, Sony. Sony products. <laughs> That's the re- reliability. It's a good plug. Yes. It's a good quality for uh, for for talking about Sony. So, <laughs> yes. I guess while we're talking about crises, the next one that's coming down the pike is that we're only a couple of days here in the East from wall to wall, twenty four hour coverage of yet another snowstorm. What have you made yes. of this winter? You know, you, it's I'm crazy. Over it. <laughs> I'm so over it. I can't even, my kids can't even go out and play in the snow because it's that kind of snow. Like they're just looking at me like, now what are we going to do? <laughs> and it's, it, the icicles are like 40 feet long and, you know, it's like hazard outside. Um, I did make a trip to the shed to get some wood tonight. So I'm all set for the, for the weekend and um, the fridge is full. But it's really, you know, look, can I complain? No. I mean, it's silly. Do we really have big, is that a real problem? I don't think so, but it's, it's a suburban, really. I know, New York City, it's really cold. You know, I was in Chicago filming Crisis, which was 17 below zero, I think, when wow. I was there. So I went from cold here to there. Um, so it's, I'm ready for the spring. 
I can tell you that. Uh, yeah, well, just backtracking quickly, just I want to find out. You said, you know, the fridge is stocked. Are you a yeah. milk, eggs, and bread kind of girl, or do you have other things that you have to have if you're going to be stuck in the house? Well, you know, you got to have a, a couple of cocktails, <laughs> just in case. Just you in know, case. You kinda, just in case. you got to have milk and bread and eggs, because you got to make French toast, apparently, at all times. Um, <laughs> nice bottle of wine, ready to go, and lots of snacks, lots of cheese. Lots yeah, of products just, like that, which is very dangerous. Like when you're like trying to watch your weight at all times, it's like, what else can you do other than eat and watch Shark Tank reruns over and over again, which I love. But, um, you know, it, we're fortunate enough that these days kids have a lot of outlets to entertain themselves other than the television. And they've got Xbox, we've got ping pong, we've got all kinds of things. So we try to keep busy to entertain and- each other. <laughs> it is. Remember, I, I actually like that. Shark a Tank that, as a, well. There's a town in Alaska that they they stay in their house for eight months straight. That oh they God. don't leave their home for eight months because of the weather. Just think about that for one second. The, the, a family of five or six in a home in Alaska for eight months. What's the divorce rate? Oh my gosh! I mean, why <laughs> could you get divorced? I mean, you you can't leave, so <laughs> you, can't, you can't have to work it out. Whatever yeah, it is, you got to work out that problem. You know, there's <laughs> like how many pl- crazy eights games can you play? But that's where you get a little, you get a little cabin. I mean, I get a little cabin fever myself. I can't imagine that. But look, it's you know, like I said, it's not a real problem. It's like white people problems. You know, they say like, <laughs> like oh, there's snow. Okay, you know, Jersey girl problems. Oh, more snow. So it's it's fine. We could deal with it. Well, one of the other things that you do, I guess, when you have. Uh, plenty of snow time on your hands. It gives you time to think about the things that you do for all the charitable causes that you're involved in. I know that you're involved with St. Jude. There was the big uh, day after or the day before the Super Bowl game uh, mm-hmm. for St. Jude. And well, well, we'll talk about that first. You raised a lot of yeah. money. $400,000. Thank you, Michael Strahan, for uh, you know being a participant and, and being honored. And he does so much work for St. Jude. And you know I've been working with the hospital for 30 years, but, you know, it's, it, it's all donation. The hospital runs on 100% donation. So when Michael Strahan adds his name to the, to the charity and, and uh, accepts, you know, uh, this, it was a, the Pat Summerall Award that he won for his work with St. Jude and, and uh, journalism. And, you know, when you, when you have Michael attached, it's, it's an easy pitch to get people to come, to participate. And, and he was just wonderful and gave a beautiful speech and, um, you know, to be a, on a committee like that is an honor for me with Eric Trump. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, Eric Trump is a pretty incredible person. And uh, people don't really, I don't know, they, they know that side of the family, how generous they are with their, you know, charitable donations. But mm-hmm. Eric Trump donated $20 million to build an ICU wing for St. Jude. Um, and nobody knew about that. Like, it was just under the radar until someone finally came out and said, by the way, oh. you know, Eric did this, and he's just a great guy. So I'm, you know, I'm honored to be a part of that um, hospital and the, the people that work there. And it's uh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful work. And there was something else that I saw on your your Facebook page. Is it Casa? Yes, yes. It's a, it, it's a you know an interesting story. Uh, Casa is a, uh, a, a an organization that helps foster children, and they they train people like myself. Uh, how this all happened was I actually was looking to help with foster children, do something with, I don't know, I was just really 
upset by what happens in the system where children just fall through the cracks. You know, these cases of children in neglect and, you know, the case works. The cases are, there's so many cases of child neglect and, and children in the foster care system that there's not enough people to help with these cases. So I actually looked into training and, uh, you know, becoming an advocate, a personal advocate for children, foster children and, and learning about their cases and you have to go to court and you have to testify and you have to do all kinds of things. And it was a year commitment to the child. You know, it was a year like case study and you have to be there all the time. And, and I just didn't have that. I wish I did have the time to commit to the, uh, the cause. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just very passionate about children and they're, they're not being harmed. And, uh, so strangely enough, you know, just coincidentally, I, I got a phone call that um, they were looking for someone to be a spokesperson for CASA, and I, I said, absolutely, I would do that. So anything I can do to raise money to help, you know, uh, these children to get uh, people to help them, you know, to have a voice. It's all about these, these foster children, you know, being stripped from their homes and going into a foster home. and there's a case that's involved with that and it's usually not pretty. So to have everyday people be trained caseworkers to help, um, that's all volunteer, (laughs) you know, just like St. Jude, it's all donation. It's a hundred percent volunteer. These, these caseworkers, you know, they don't make money. They don't, it's just about the child. So I've, I've, I've just been, it's been bothering me for a very long time with what I see and how children are, are neglected and abused and, just an afterthought and not um, yeah. a priority sometimes in the, not sometimes, but in a family or they're stuck in the middle of a, you know, a custody battle or the ugliness that goes on is just uh, unacceptable to me with ch- children. Unfortunately, you know. we've had a lot of high-profile stories sort of along the way that you're talking here in Philadelphia. So for everybody out there who's listening, I have tweeted out the link so you can get more information about uh, CASA. That's but great. I want to transition slightly because we do need to talk about Crisis, which uh, debuts March uh, 16th. It's a Sunday night. So what can you tell us about Crisis? I was reading up about it, but I figured, you know what, who better to tell us about it than someone who's a part of the series? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's one of, it's like the parents' worst nightmare. You know, the the children are, the children, the elite, uh, the children of the elite of Washington, D.C. are all on a bus and they get, it gets, it gets, hijacked and the Good kids boy. get kidnapped and my daughter is on the bus. So I'm each week they feature the parents of one of the children and the parents have to do these unspeakable things to get their child back. So the whole premise of the show is what would you do to save your child's life? Would you become a liar? Would you become a thief? Would you become a murderer? Would you, what would you do? And my role is as the parent uh, you know, I've been back, I can't say much about the plot as far as like how I'm involved, but mm-hmm. I've been back, you know, I think the most fascinating part about this whole process was being involved in a show from its inception and how, you know, intense it is to succeed for the network and how much passion is behind it. Um, and a lot of responsibility goes on your shoulders, obviously, to make it stand out um it was an amazing role and i i'm I'm blessed to have gotten it um you know i was put on tapier new york and i 
flew to Chicago and worked on the show. And it's one of those roles that you just don't come about, come by, you know, in, in prime time as, a, as, a, as, you know, as you say, the guest. It's not your, it's not your party, you know, you're there to support the party. So mm-hmm. to get that kind of role um, is a dream job, you know, for me. And I really hope it comes out as good as I think it's going to come out. I hope it, uh, it all ends up on the screen. But, man, was it intense. I mean, it's intense. But I loved it. You know, I love that kind of work. You know, I wish I could do it every single day. It's like that to me is just to to be able to do work like that in an environment that you're not, it's not familiar, meaning it's not your regular day job, which I had for 20 years. It's like you're on a someone else's set and you're working for the network and Fox and 20th Century Fox is the production company. And, you know, everybody's eyes are on you to make it work. Um, I love that kind of pressure and I hope that it all comes together uh, it was just great this is a great intense experience and I um, I'm excited to see it you know I'm not on until I don't think March 30th or April 6th something like that but um, I've seen a couple of the episodes when I was in Chicago and it's really good and I'm not just saying that because it's just Rachel Taylor and Lance Gross who are you know the leads I worked with them most of the time they're just phenomenal they're just great um you know, when you watch these shows with with the female cop and male cop, you know, they're FBI, right? They're FBI, CIA. It's the chemistry between the two people that make it shine or not shine. And they're just fantastic together. So based on that, you know, I think I think it'll do really well. I hope so. Yeah, I liked, I liked Rachel in uh, 666 Park Avenue. I enjoyed that. And, of course, Lance from uh, House of Pain. So that's, it should be uh, really good. And, of course, even though uh, you just heard Martha say she's not on the first episode, she maybe comes in second or third week, watch it from day one, support the show. Yeah. It is going to be Sunday, March 16th on NBC. You're going to have to check your local listings. It's NBC.com slash crisis for more information. Martha, we're out of time, but... Uh, yeah, that's what nice chat it's so good to talk to you and thank you for everybody for you know the usual it's like i'm so like ricky said you know it's without the fans there's nothing so i really thank you all for supporting me and following me and and i appreciate all the feedback always and of course as this rolls out maybe we can convince martha to return if she ever gets out of the snowbound home and we can talk more <laughs> about crisis and all sorts of other things so martha thank you so much for dropping by today Thank you, Dan. Have a good night. All right, everybody, we have to take a quick break. We're going to be back with more of Soap Central Live in just about two minutes. Stay tuned. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans. Are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. 
Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. As I'm sure you've noticed in recent weeks here on Soap Central Live, we're taking some time out to focus on new Internet-based series. Some of them, like Beacon Hill that we talked about earlier in the show, feature a cast of daytime stars. But then there are also some that may not have a direct soap connection, but the series are just so good that I want to make sure that we talk about them right here on the show. And that's the case with the next web series that we're going to talk about. It's called Beverly Pills. And anyone who's followed me on Twitter or Facebook knows that I haven't met a pun that I didn't like. So that's <laughs> one score right there for the series and I also enjoy a good laugh so I'm glad that we have the star and co-producer of Beverly Pills here Ginger Parker welcome to Soap Central Live hi thank you thank you thank you for having me all right so Ginger the first thing uh, I may be talking fast I want to have a whole lot of stuff we're short on time and uh, so you'll you'll hear me in uh caffeine mode here, I guess. Uh, (laughs) We're going to turn the spotlight on you first. What are some interesting nuggets about yourself that you think listeners should know? Oh, about me? Oh, my God. Let's see. Let's see. Where do I start? Well, um, I I filmed for Filthy Martini Productions with Louise last year, and that's what is bringing us, is presenting Beverly Pills. Um, we write a plethora of other shows. I, um, I do a smattering of things in the art world. Um, but, uh, yeah, filmmaking is, is definitely at the top of the list. And so I guess, I guess that's where I'd start. That's my all day, every day kind of, uh, kind of go to. <laughs> okay. So are you a soap fan? Do you know anything about soaps? And don't lie to me because I will give you a test and I will find out if you're lying. So, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm just going to go ahead and wave the white flag on that one. I am absolutely, <laughs> I am clueless about soaps. Um, it, uh, you know, contrary to popular belief, it does take a lot of time to write your own shows. And so I am, uh, I'm, uh, I'm busy writing a lot of television and I do not have the luxury to watch a lot of it. There's so many amazing things out there right now. And just yeah. through the process of discovering Beverly Pills and trying to get it out there and discovering other people that are creating in the web world and, and soaps are so huge on the web and meeting so many fans and people that are, um, big about those have kind of, you know, shown that shown a light on those recently where I've been able to discover some, uh, some new things that have really, you know, excited me. So the trailer for Beverly Pills is available on the website. Bev- Bev- Let's try it again. Beverly Pills, <laughs> the series.com. Uh, people can you know, see a little bit of a, a sneak preview of what's going to happen, but what can you tell us? Explain a little bit about what Beverly Pills is. Okay. Beverly Pills is a series about Scarlett Davis, which I play Scarlett Davis. And I also, um, co-direct, write, and produce it with my partner, Luis Bustamante, the creator of the series. 
it is based around Scarlett Davis, who is a Beverly Hills socialite. Um, she has never had to lift a finger for anything. Um, and all of a sudden, one day, the government shows up at her house and seizes all of her assets, taking uh. her from, you know, the richest of the rich all the way down to rags. And um, Scarlett, I guess the only way to describe her would be like, she's kind of deep down hardcore, a bad B. And she just doesn't even flinch. And it's just kind of the shenanigans that she gets into working her way back up to the top. Hmm. Okay. So that, that was interesting. Once I saw that when I first found out what Beverly Pills was about, I got to thinking that a good question for you would be, in the real world, is there a particular Hollywood celebrity that you think it would be entertaining to watch for maybe a week or so that they would have to do without their fame and their fortune and just have to, you know, live like everybody else? Oh. Is there someone who stands out in your mind of who might be there, the most fun to watch? There are so many. Oh, my gosh, I don't even know where to start. I mean, just from clips of like, uh, this is kind of a culmination of a lot of like the people that you'll see on the Real Housewife type shows uh, mm-hmm. that just um, really, like you said, have no connection to an everyday life. And and that's what we're seeing Scarlett Davis go through. I can't really think of one in particular that would like perfectly nail it, but I feel like Scarlett is definitely a culmination of a lot of those, you know, Beverly Hills kind of California girls that have just never seen life in any other way other than with that Beverly Hills sheen on it. <laughs> it always reminds me of uh, I was in California once for the daytime Emmys and I was staying close to the Beverly Center and I decided I would mm-hmm. walk. And I can't tell you the number of people who I thought were going to crash their cars into trees trying to figure out, oh, my goodness, why is there someone walking through Beverly mm-hmm. Hills? They should surely be chauffeured around and, <laughs> and limousine to where they're going. Uh, it's kind of funny. So I can I mean, is that the sort of mindset that we might have oh, to get into with this, with this Beverly Pills rolls out? I mean, it's over the top. These people really like these characters are so much fun because they almost they've got no scruples. They've got no moral compass except for, you know, the things that they've been taught from their parents who are clearly a little bit corrupt because they're <laughs> having their assets seized by the government and and just, you know, any, any sort of challenge when you try to force it through these, you know, characters, uh, when you're looking at it, how somebody that thinks like that, you know, how they would handle a situation, it just, um, it, you just get the most interesting reactions. And, like, the story just kind of started to write itself after we really set in, like, you know, what these characters were thinking, where they were coming from with this lifestyle. And, um, and yeah, it's just kind of a... Uh, it's an interesting take on how they would handle real life. <laughs> Some of the things that I've noticed particularly about really, really good comedy is that a lot of times the jokes are very pointed. They're, they're very, you know, they make us sort of examine ourselves or they look at things that maybe we don't want to talk about. And mm-hmm. with the title Beverly Pills, uh, folks may correctly assume that there are is talk about pills and drugs involved in this. So I'm curious, as someone who's doing comedy, who's writing something that's meant to be funny, how do you go into a topic that, for some people, they you know it may be something that they're uncomfortable talking about, or, or you know they don't know how you can make the topic of pills funny. Mm-hmm. You know, and actually, I I've been. 
to be very real with you. I've been kind of having a personal struggle with that myself because I'm not somebody who wants to promote, you know, overusing pills. And it is something very serious for a lot of people. Um, but we just do have to look at it like there are people out there that that's their everyday life, that if they feel an emotion, they think they need to take a Valium. And actually kind of making fun of it, I think, you know, I, I hope that us playing light with it doesn't make people, you know, think that the situation of having a pill addiction is life. Um, but, you know, there are people out there that do take it very lightly and hopefully kind of poking fun at that will make that seem like a ridiculous way to live life instead of making it something that, uh, that, you know, people need to, uh, uh, that an addiction is okay with, you know, we, that's definitely not the, not what we're trying to put out there. I'm, I'm older than the day is long on most occasions. And I, I have to tell you, <laughs> I, rem- I remember going back to, even I think to elementary school, the expression, you know, oh, someone didn't take their happy pill today. And that was long right. before uh, Prozac and whatever came into into be. So we've always had these expressions. I mean, we're going back into... Mm-hmm. We'll just say another decade where, uh, as a child, I knew that there was such a thing as a, a happy pill. So, I mean, this isn't exactly something new that we're That's just right. deciding to, to focus upon. Still, you know, I, I live here in Studio City in, in Los Angeles, and people always reference it, oh, the Valley of the Dolls, you know, and, and that does. Um, it is kind of incorporating, though, that that lifestyle of Beverly Hills or Beverly Hills somewhat <laughs> hasn't changed. And that there are still these, like, young people that think that that's just, you know, kind of a normal lifestyle. I'll tell you a story real quick, and I know that that we're running short on time. But when I first moved to Los Angeles, my first job, I got, uh, it it was a ridiculous gig. I only did it once because I'm not a very good driver. (laughs) But it is a (laughs) valet service where they hire just, you know, cute young girls new to L.A., and they valet the cars at parties. And it was a party for James Vanderbeek and Soleil Moonfry, um, who played Punky Brewster. And uh-huh. this woman comes out. It's a charity event. And she pours herself out of her car. And she stumbles up to someone she must have known. She says, honey, do you have a volume? And it's just like that has stuck out in my mind. Is like that is the picture of Scarlett Davis to me. Is like that's it, her in 20 years. Is so it starts out as this entrepreneurial person who's going to make it back to the top, and then it's also mixed with a healthy dose of them dosing themselves. <laughs> well, now I need to use my my Beverly Hills voice, but well, Ginger, we're almost out of time for today's show. So, uh, in perhaps twenty seconds, why should people tune in and check out Beverly Pills on starting March tenth? Uh, people should absolutely tune in for a laugh. Um, tune in to see people doing ridiculous things, shenanigans. <laughs> get some get some new catchphrases. You will thoroughly enjoy it. BeverlyPillsTheSeries.com. <laughs> Who doesn't love some good shenanigans? So, Ginger, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out to thank chat you with for you today. Me. And I'm going to make sure that we zap people over to BeverlyPillsTheSeries.com as well. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All righty, gang, that has been another jam-packed hour of soapy fun, and we're out of time, as you heard me say just a couple of bits ago. So if you've missed any part of today's show, if you tuned in late or if you want to hear it again, please head over to our official show page at SoapCentralLive.com. That's the place where you can find 
all the additional information about the things that we talked about on today's show, Beacon Hill, Crisis, Beverly Pills. We're also going to let you know how you can keep up with the latest news from Ricky Paul Golden or Martha Byrne. And it's also the place that you can check out any episode that we've ever done of Soap Central Live. This is, I believe, 219 uh, episodes that we've done now. You can listen to all of them for free on demand. You can listen to them from your PC, your smartphone, your tablet, pretty much anything that you can connect to the internet. And we even have a mobile app that you can listen to Soap Central Live and other wonderful shows on the Voice America Talk Radio Network on the go. And don't forget to check us out in iTunes. You can download the podcast for free. Just so- search for Soap Central Live, or you can search for me. It probably wouldn't find much, but you can certainly s- search for Soap Central Live. Now, next week, as I mentioned at the top of the show, General Hospital favorite Jackie Zeman will be back for her fifth annual on-air birthday bash, and there are going to be a bunch of surprises. Jackie and I will even be giving some advice, some Mars-Venus-style advice. So if you need a dispute resolved, don't go to Judge Judy. Check out Soap Central Live next week. We're going to have all of the information and help that you may need to get you through your day or get you through a fight with a friend. That's next week, March 7th, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. So until then, for the very last time at whatever age I have been for the past 51 weeks, Thank you for listening. I'm Dan Kroll signing off on this continuing saga that we like to call Soap Central Live. See you next week. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.